Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. Please remain standing for the reading of our scripture lesson, which comes from Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say... Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Joseph, for the reading of our scripture this morning. We are grateful for the ministry of Joseph. He is our associate director of youth ministry, and he is sort of the one who spearheaded our blessing bags, and so we're very grateful for all of your work there and for all the work that you do with our youth, so thank you. So I'm a little uh, self-conscious, I have to admit, after what you shared, Ryan, about the words, about the call to worship or the invitation to worship about, uh, you know, bones and dry bones and just coming off of Christmas, we should be filled with lots and lots of joy. So I'll do my best to make this about as uplifting as I possibly can even though we find ourselves in a graveyard. <laughs> but today, today is our second week in our sermon series, Decisions Ahead. It's based on Tom Berlin's book. He's a United Methodist pastor and bishop. Uh, his book, 
six decisions that will change your life. Last Sunday, we began with the decision to follow. And so we had to decide or are deciding what kind of a follower we're going to be. I'm going to assume that most of us, if not all of us here, are followers of Jesus. And so we need to decide what kind of a follower are we going to be. Are we going to be a follower that stands on the, the sidelines or are we going to be one that's in the game? Because it depends on what kind of follower we're going to be because it's going to impact this next decision. And the next decision has to do with new life. It has to do with new life. Now, I can't speak for you, but when I think about a decision for a new life, I'm not all that interested. Not all that interested in a new life. I like my life. My life is comfortable. I know how it works. I know the people. I have my people. <laughs> I like where I live. I love my church. I love my community. And really, I think that I'm somewhat a fairly decent follower of Jesus. Now, I know there's a little bit of work that I can do here and there, but don't we all have a little bit of work that we can do to be a better follower of Jesus? Why would we need to make an important decision such as a new life? And I'm wondering if it has less to do with us and it has more to do with God. So we've just heard, just heard from Ezekiel about the Valley of the Dry Bones. It's a wonderful image for us. Ezekiel's a prophet, and he comes from a priestly family that goes back generations. He is the blue blood of prophets. And like many of his countrymen, he is in exile in Babylon. Now his ministry, actually all of his ministry is in exile. He's the only prophet whose full ministry is in exile. He is in Babylon, and he receives a call from God to share a vision, to share a vision to the exiles in Babylon and to those that are remaining in Jerusalem. He calls Ezekiel to go and to warn the people. You know, his, he, he's, he's not really a, a soft, gentle prophet. He uh, is really in their face about it, and what's happened with the people is they've lost confidence in God. They've lost confidence in God. They have become dejected. They have decided that they're, you know, going to turn to other gods. They're going to follow another way. And the dream of the promised land has become nothing but a mirage. So they began to turn to violence, and they'd lost their way. They had lost all hope, and they figured that they could just do whatever they wanted, and it wasn't going to matter anyway. Their entire way of life had changed. No more temple, no more land, no more monarchy. And so their lives have become nothing but a valley of dry bones. Today we're standing with Ezekiel and we're looking out at this graveyard. Nothing but dry bones. They're brittle, they're spread out, there's nothing connected to anything. There's no arms and legs, and I know in your mind, someone said to me, several people said to me after the last service, you want to sing that song, them bones, them bones, them dry bones. <laughs> but in that graveyard, they're not connected to anything. You can't tell who's who. Death and desolation are the only things that you can see in that graveyard. They must have been there a long time for them to be so dry and brittle. 
It's a grim image. It is a grim image for the new year, especially when we are talking about a new life. Dry bones. Maybe, like me, you're comfortable with your life and you don't really want a new one. You're not looking for a new one. But then maybe if you take a look at your life, you might see that there are parts of your life that are dry and brittle. There are times when, when you feel like you are in the valley of the dry bones. There's no life in them. You've been going along for so long that you can't even tell that you're in this valley. Maybe it's a relationship that you're in, a friendship. Maybe life has become stale and lifeless for you. Maybe you are exhausted and you can't figure out how you're going to get back the energy that you once had. Maybe it's your job. Maybe your job has lost all of its luster, its excitement, and you dread getting up in the morning and going to work. It could be that it's your relationship with God. Maybe your relationship with the church and you feel like it's nothing but dead, dry bones and you wonder if God has left you. Where is God? Where is the life? that I know I should be experiencing. And you wonder if God is even real. You keep waiting and hoping that something new and exciting is gonna happen and it's gonna change everything. And you can't wait for the day when those dry, brittle bones come back to life. <laughs> Maybe it's not even your life. Maybe it's the world. We keep waiting for things to get better, for wars to end, for peace to reign, for people to be kind to each other, people to be treated equally, for hate to be something of the bygone days that's laid in that dead valley of bones. On this MLK weekend, we remember a man who heard and understood the promises of God, who knew that God would never abandon God's people, no matter the color of their skin, that even in the darkest valley, that God was present, that God would make something new come alive. And Dr. King was willing to put his life at risk for the sake of a new life, not just for people of color, but for the world. And it cost him his life. Can you hear it? It's a noise. It's a, a rattling. It's almost like the sound of a violent wind. Those bones that were laid to waste in that graveyard are not going to stay that way. They are going to live because the spirit and the breath of God is going to come upon them. God asks Ezekiel, Mortal, can these bones live? And his response to God is, Oh, Lord God, you know. Prophesy, prophesy to those bones. And those dry bones all collect together. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. But even though they come together, they're still dead. So God says, prophesy to the breath. Ezekiel, prophesy, prophesy to the breath. And the Holy Spirit is breathed into the life of those dead, dry, brittle bones. And they are alive. <laughs> John Wesley has a beautiful image of the breath of God. It is God's breath 
being breathed out upon us. It's God's provenient grace inviting us into a relationship. And when we breathe in and breathe out, God continues to breathe in and breathe out because that is the spirit and the breath of God. That is life. <laughs> when I... Uh, was um, pregnant with my son, Eddie, and I will, will not um, go into any of the gory details, that I was rushed into um, the, uh, to have a cesarean. I was there at the hospital. And they rushed me into um, an emergency C-section because they discovered that he was breech. And so as they rushed me in and they were pulling him out, there was this dead silence. And it's the only time in a parent's life when you long to hear the scream of your child. They pull him out in their silence until that moment when he screams. And the breath of God has come into his lungs. And you know, oh, thank God, he's alive. We need to be reminded that God is always with us breathing life into our dry, brittle bones, wherever they are. But we have to receive that breath. It's part of what it means to, to make decisions for a new life because sometimes our lives get dry and withered and our faith feels like nothing but a dry pile of brittle bones. And yet, even when it seems like all hope is lost, for any kind of life, God says to Ezekiel, these dead bones will live. They say, it's what the text says, they say, all those naysayers, all those naysayers, all those who've turned away, lost their way, have started worshiping other gods, all those, they say, our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. They say, there's no hope in the future. They say there is no way forward. They say there is no way that we'll live again. These are the ancient Israelites, actually, but sometimes it sounds a little bit like people today. Well, they say it's dead. And yet here we are. And yet here we are at the breath of God living within us and among us and in us. It happens all around us, this new life. It's everywhere. It is the hope that God can take what is dead in our lives, our struggles, our pain, our difficulty, and bring it back to life for us so that we can find purpose and meaning. It's part of our faith. And Jesus himself rose from the dead. Today, we're not standing at the empty tomb. We're standing in a graveyard, but we're not far from that empty tomb because there is resurrection life around us and among us. Because God, our God, is a God who makes all things new. I want to close with a story that I've, sh I've shared parts of it before. And part of it is uh, when I was in college. When I was in college, seems like so long ago. But when I was in college, um, I studied for a year abroad in uh, Paris, France. And it was a really great wonderful experience for me and one of the beauties of being there was I was able to travel around and so I could hop on a train and go anywhere around Europe 
And so I would often do that on a, on a weekend or a, or a vacation when there was time away. And on one particular weekend, uh, my friend Kate and I decided that we were going to go to Munich in Germany. And so when we got there, we decided, oh, why don't we go to this place called Dachau? <laughs> and so we got on a train, and it's about 20 miles, I guess, northwest of Munich, 30 minutes away. It's a concentration camp. And so we got there, and the first thing that I remember is the dead silence. We were standing in a graveyard, even though you couldn't see the bones. But there was a crematorium not far away. They say that, I believe it was 40,000 people died in that camp at Dead Cow. There were 44,000 camps that Nazi Germany put together during the war. Dachau was formed in 1933, and it became the model concentration camp for the Nazis. It's what they would build and how they would build their other camps. It was also the place where they would train the guards that would be sent out into the concentration camps. Six million Jews and five million non-Jews were exterminated in these camps. But those bones that we cannot see, they still live because of the stories of the Holocaust survivors and for those who have died whose stories are remembered. When we remember, people come back to life for us. In seminary, in seminary I had a professor, I didn't, I didn't, when I signed up for the class it was uh, Judaism, and the professor was Deborah Lipstadt. And Deborah Lipstadt was uh, a professor who was the one who went up against the gentleman, I think he was out of England, who denied that the Holocaust ever existed. And so she went to court. She won. They wrote a, she wrote a book about it, and then they actually made a movie about it. And today she's an ambassador and an envoy for um, anti-Semitism for our country around the world. But she left us with something because she wanted us to be reminded of hope. So she gave us this beautiful book. It's called The Triumphant Spirit, Portraits and Stories of Holocaust Survivors and Their Messages of Hope and Compassion. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. It's extraordinary because of the people who share, even though they have gone through horrible, horrible atrocities, continue to see that life is possible even in a dead valley. And so in one particular individual, it's Branko Lustig, and Branko Lustig was in five concentration camps, and he was one of the co-producers of Schindler's List. And he says, never, never give up hope. A man without hope cannot exist. We are a people of hope. And my professor made sure that we knew that because she said, I want you to make decisions about life, not death. When you leave here, choose life. That's what Deuteronomy says, choose life. 
Don't choose the way of death. Can you hear it? It's a rattling. It's a shaking. It's a rush of the mighty wind of God that is upon God's people, bringing out life where we only see death and we only see dry, brittle bones. Now, we have some decisions to make in our own life, and we get to decide what kind of a follower of Jesus we're going to be. Nicodemus in John's gospel goes to Jesus under the cover of darkness, and he's asking about this life. And uh, Jesus says to him, truly I tell you, unless, unless you can see, and if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. You must be born anew. And I can't help but wonder if you are like me, maybe we don't really want a new life, but I wonder if we are missing out on an opportunity for seeing the kingdom of God in ways that can help us grow and change to transform the world. Maybe, maybe. Last I checked, though, they were still looking for volunteers. Thanks be to God for God's holy word. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.